0: Still and this is depth and breadth. That's obviously a mouthful, so call it DMB if you will. The mandate here is going wide and deep in search of truth, meaning, and better understanding. Each week, guests and I will be covering everything you didn't know you wanted to know about topics ranging from fitness, finance, marketing, and creativity to mindfulness, philosophy, and personal growth. Today on DMB, we have Kirk Ramsey of tallkirk.ca, a personal finance wizard and good friend of mine. He's been wicked helpful with providing timely financial advice during these wild times, and I thought it might be useful to get some of his tips on the record for anyone out there trying to figure out how to navigate the financial impacts of COVID-19. With that, let's get to it.
1: Kirk! Kirk! How are you, yes, sir? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on here. Really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, it sounds uh, it sounds so formal.
0: It's like, what are you really on right now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> ecstasy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, let's hope not. But uh, I guess
0: we'll uh, I guess we'll find out soon enough. It'll come out in the wash, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> Anything to calm the nerves these times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd kick it off with a quote. And you provided one from Franz Kafka uh, of all people. It's better to have and not need than to need and not have. What inspired you to kind of uh, throw that down as the uh, the quote you wanted to kind of kick things off with?
1: I think it really captures uh, kind of everyone's sentiment right now, especially given, like we said, the COVID nineteen thing happening. Uh, I think it's a great example of you know things who people who were prepared are going to be better off at the end of it versus people who are scrambling to kind of sort stuff out. And I think it's something that, you know, trickles down from governments all the way down to your individual households. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was just thinking about it. I like on one hand, of
0: course, of course, like no one really could have, you know, seen something like this happen. So I like very hesitant to be at all like, you know, Blamey about, you know, not ha- not being
1: prepared for a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a great example of we didn't know this was going to happen now. But the idea of like a pandemic or a disaster is something that's been on our radar for, you know, hundreds of years. I guess we
0: we should really take Bill Gates at his word next time. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. But uh, <laughs> with that in mind, let's go through the exercise. You know, of course, lots of people are not in a great uh, financial position. What else can you do to kind of stay afloat beyond employment insurance to try to like survive in the short term here?
1: No, I think that's a great question. And I think it's something that's on a lot of people's minds right now. Any sort of situation like this, whether it's a pandemic or a natural disaster or your company just shut down, I think these same kind of theories or ideas apply. Sure. And I think one of the most important things is you have to accept that the situation has changed. So, you know, if you go back eight months ago compared to today, things are different. And in order to kind of better yourself and better prepare yourself, you have to accept that fact to begin with. Uh, things aren't like they were. Um, so in terms of your own situation, if you're on EI, you're going to be making less money than you were when you were working. That's how the whole system works. Right. So you have to take that into account and consider that, you know, if I have less income coming in, I gotta start thinking about how I'm spending my money, because that's one thing I can have a bit of control over. Sure. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, where they're already, you know, I know a lot of people that spend more than they make on a regular basis. Yep. And now, when you take away, you know, you're not making a hundred percent of your income anymore, that gap is all of a sudden a lot bigger than it used to be. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things is to actually sit down and think about your own situation. And just accept that things are different and I need to do something different if I want to see different results. Yeah. That's like the classic quote, right? Doing the same thing and expecting different results is insanity.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of that definition of insanity that we can say if we can catch that for another (laughs) time. Uh, But I do get the notion of like, of course, it's very difficult, you know, especially when like lifestyle in general sometimes is like not something we really like consciously think about it can like inflate with our income as it goes up and then it's very difficult to kind of go about setting better defaults or like accepting the fact that perhaps you know some things that you could Mm -hmm. afford just months ago like you said now now you can't and you know coming to terms with that of course I I, you know greatly empathize with
1: being difficult yeah something that seemed like a necessity a few months ago is now a luxury right and that's okay For a lot of people, um, one of their biggest expenses, um, this is where I would start because you have no control over the income that you're making at this point, but you can have a bit of control over, you know, the amount of money that you have going out. Um, So what I'd recommend for a lot of people to do is to actually, you know, sit down and look at what are your biggest bills that you have? I can kind of make some guesses based on what I've seen. Um, Most people have like a mortgage or a rent, which eats up the one of the biggest chunks of the money that they have coming in.
0: Yeah, like a quarter, 40%, or I don't know what that yeah. is, it's a large, probably more than it's supposed to, is if you live in Toronto, that's for sure. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, so I think that's like a great spot to start, because I know that there's, let's say you own your home and you have a mortgage. A lot of the banks right now are being very, very, very lenient in terms of working out payment arrangements with you.
0: Right. They like they don't want you to default on your mortgage.
1: Exactly. It's, no, it's not good business to lend people money that you don't get back.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so at the end of the day, like, they want to work with you because they want to get their money back. Like, they're, they're a business at the end of the day. Um, but I think a lot of people, they feel like they're not in a position to sway that in any way. And I think that's where the misconception is. A lot of companies, even before the whole COVID-19 thing, a lot of companies were willing to work with you if you're making the effort to reach out to them. If you call up, you know, TD and say, hey, man, you know, I lost my job, blah, 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 blah. I might struggle to, you know, make my mortgage payment. They're not going to just like wave it for you, but they're certainly going to listen to your situation and try to come to some sort of agreement, whether that might be deferred payments if they're allowed or, you know taking a I guess it's kind of the same thing but you're taking a break and catch up what you've missed you know spread that over the next five years or add it on to the end of your mortgage there's lots of things that they can do extensions delayed payments yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's all kind of the same thing but different flavors exactly Um, but it's the kind of thing where they're not going to proactively come to you um, it's kind of on you to reach out to them. Right. And I think that's where people struggle a lot of the time is when they think of dealing with these types of companies, it's usually, like, after the fact. Like, you've missed your payment and now you're having to call and deal with them. Where if you get out and ahead of those types of situations, you're in a whole different ball game in their eyes and uh, just in general. Right. But it's like a classic, like, you have to ask to get sort of deal. Exactly. Why would... Think about, like, anything, right? Why would they call you up? Your boss isn't going to just offer you a raise most of the time. If you show your merit and you ask for it, you're going to get it. Um, I think that's true of a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, of course. The same thing would apply to renting as well. I know we own a couple of properties, and we reached out to our tenants just to see, you know, what's your situation like? Like, are you guys going to be okay? Um, Because on our end, I can call up the mortgage company and I can get that relief I just talked about. Um, so it would be greedy of me to not pass that on to my tenants as well. right? Um, so that's something to to consider too. Like Just because you don't own it doesn't mean that there's not uh, somebody to talk to and work something out. The same thing, like you said before, where they don't want to evict you. It costs a lot of money to kick people out, get somebody new in, do all the repairs, do all that crap to get um, things up and running again. So they'd much rather, like I said, defer the payments or work out some sort of arrangement with you than to try and invict you in a time like this and get somebody else to come in. Right. I don't really want to get skewered on social media for being that, 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 that. Lame. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy, right? Yeah, 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 fair. <laughs> um, a couple other things uh, that are good areas to look at would be, I know a lot of people own vehicles. Yep. And similar thing, you know, your $700 car payment a month, call up Ford, call up Nissan, whoever you're actually dealing with, and just talk to them. Again, it's the same thing where they don't want to take your car back. They'd rather you work something out with you, because right. um, that's the lesser of two evils, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Who do you Who do you call? You call like, like uh, Depending yeah. on <laughs> where you bought your car, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, most of them will have some sort of in-house financing. Okay. So you know, I'm I'm through Nissan, so I would call up Nissan Finance. Okay. Um, But you'll have some sort of loan number or somebody that lent you the money for the actual car if you didn't full-on, you know, write the $20,000 check for it. Right, right. Okay, okay. Uh, Another kind of area that would be worth looking at is the actual, like, debt that you have. If you have lines of credit, credit cards, mortgages, all these kind of different piles of debt. Student loans. Uh, Student loans, exactly. Um, It's a great opportunity to call up those companies too. You know, call up OSAP. Be like, dudes, I can't afford to pay this. Again, they're gonna work with you. Another thing in that regard would be to look at what you actually have. If you have credit card debt and you have a balance available on your line of credit, you could move that credit card debt onto the line of credit. It's gonna lower the amount of payments you'll have to make every month, lower the amount of interest that you have. Um, And that kind of principle could be reapplied. Uh, You know, roll it into your mortgage, you know, moving credit cards around, that sort of thing. Interesting. Okay.
0: So to shift gears here, you know, that's on the more fortunate end of the spectrum. You know, I count myself uh, quite lucky and grateful to have uh, a job that, uh, you know, I work for a technology company, so we can work from home. If anything, you know, there's been some increase in demand for our our services as we've, like, helped companies kind of make the move to to remote work and and doing things more digitally. Um, And I know, you know, maybe it's a smaller group of folks, but... Some of us, you know, count ourselves lucky enough to have some money to invest um, during these times. Uh, Maybe, yeah, talk to me about kind of what your advice, kind of blanket advice would be for anyone about like going about investing, um, especially with like kind of maybe start with kind of what we've seen in the stock market like so far and kind of, yeah, yeah. Talk to me about what I should be thinking about when I'm trying to invest money. If, you know, if I find myself in such a fortunate position.
1: Of course, yeah, and there are some people that are in that kind of lucky boat. Right off the bat, I will say, as like a general rule, as far as strategies go, I am not a fan of market timing at all. Um, There's plenty of research. You can hop on Google, just do a (laughs) Google search for market timing, yeah, and you'll find just gobs and gobs and gobs of data telling you how stupid it is to do that.
0: You know, I actually paid for a... course from a financial guru that told me i could time the market
1: so (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah the crazy part about market timing i think well just about the market in general is people forget that it's a trade so if you're wanting to sell something somebody else has to be willing to buy it and in theory you've both done your research and you both think you're making the right move odds are one of you's probably wrong um, and when you dig into that research, like I talked about, you'll start to see that missing a few of the best days in the market, and by a few, I mean like you know ten yeah, over it's, thirty it's, years. I've,
0: yeah, I've seen the stat. It's like
1: yeah, it's, oh, like, it's, nine, it's, it's
0: like nine days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, legit. It's like it's unreal. Uh, what a kind of detrimental impact being wrong can have,
0: or not being um, not being in the market when those
1: di- like exactly when those big big ticks up happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people, yeah. It's, it's a funny thing. I see it all the time. When everything's going good, people want to throw money at anything. When things start going bad, people want to, they panic and they cash out. And that's exactly the opposite thing of what you want to do. Sorry, yeah. Maybe
0: we should have started that. And that's what you mean by market timing, which is like, like, oddly enough, the idea isn't to buy low and sell high. It's actually just to buy and hold.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like the simplest strategy ever. If (laughs) you hold it for long enough, you are profitable. (laughs) Right,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think like just feels so intuitive to people for like again that's like i feel like that's you know if you don't really know that much about investing what do you know buy low sell high is kind of like mm-hmm. the thing that you would think of as being the most conventional most obvious of course this is what we should do advice mm-hmm. um but it's really Which it's,
1: it sounds great on paper, sounds great. Right? Sounds great sounds great sounds yeah. great <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's the kind of thing though at the end of the day if there's two people and one of them's gonna invest, you know, twelve hundred dollars at the best possible time that year, and somebody else is putting away twenty five dollars a week, I'm taking that twenty five dollar a week person every single day.
0: Right, so that's what you mean, and that's like the main alternative here is like don't go about you know waiting for it to go lower. Um, like, of course, the stock market is 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 well, I'm not exactly sure. I don't I don't follow it on a you know day to day level, but of mm-hmm. course it's, it's down. Um, but the, do- the notion isn't like try to wait for it to bottom out, then put all your money in and ride it back up. The kind of, kind of advice that you're, you're, you're advising here is more just keep buying it. Re- like just keep investing regularly if that's what you've already been doing. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll ge- generally get you know quite good deals during this time, but much better to kind of be buying it a- as it's like kind of consistently lower than usual. Of course, you're getting like some bargain deals right now. Um, and it's better to just kind of invest regularly through that dollar cost average or, or whatever you, you know it's yeah, a more fancy exactly. term to uh to call it but just keep investing regularly and you know there will be gains to be had and probably larger gains to be had than any sort of notion of waiting for a bottom throwing all your money yep. in then um and then you know riding it back up
1: 100 because when you're investing regularly as the price goes up you're just getting less bang for your buck as the price goes down you're getting more bang for your buck at the end of the day our goal is just to accumulate more shares of whatever it is, if it's a fund, if it's a company, whatever it is. At the end of the day the thing we want is more of it. The value of it, the price is going to change every single day when you look at it. But at the end of the day when our goal is for, you know, like retirement, that's money that I'm not going to touch for another 30 years. So for me to try and time the next 30 years perfectly is insane. I'm much better off slugging away every month and treating it like it's a mortgage for my future yeah yeah the best investors in the world don't do that like that's not the strategy that they use to get yeah, like exactly. outsized
0: returns is like not
1: <laughs> yeah if you look at like somebody like warren buffett pretty much every quarter he's a net buyer right meaning that he's bought more shares than he's sold of anything yeah yeah for sure
0: all right. Maybe like, yeah. All right. That's, that's good. That's good. But let's, yeah. What else, what other kind of like broad, maybe, um, yeah. What other broad suggestions do you have?
1: Um, I think it's, yeah. When people hear things crashing, um, there's kind of like a lot of excitement of, you know, like you said, oh, this might be a great time to buy. Yep. And it's really easy to forget about all the kind of fundamentals that you have. You know, you should look at like, if you are going to throw money into the market right now, You have to think of it as long-term money. So things could be down for years. It could stay flat for years. We don't really know. Right. Um, So if your intention is, I'm going to put this money in, and in a month, I'm going to sell everything, and I'm going to have doubled everything horrible 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 idea yeah so it's not, not i heard there's gonna be a v-shaped recovery
0: yeah <laughs> go gangbusters and then we'll cash out in three months and be good to go
1: yeah <laughs> that's exactly not, yeah. that's yeah. not what we want to do it don't all. don't play
0: that game got it got it yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the first thing i would do if you do have extra cash right now is to just solidify all your fundamentals make sure you have your actual emergency fund set up because right now you were lucky enough to be one of the ones that are working and everything's good, but you could just have easily have been one of the ones that weren't. Right, right. And what would your situation look like then? What is your like rule of thumb? And when you're saying like emergency fund,
0: like mm-hmm. uh, as like a kind of, like probably like as a multiple of your rent or something, perhaps, or like what's the
1: uh, the common like knowledge that you'll hear, quote unquote, is like the three to six months worth of expenses. Okay. Um depending on the situation like that might not actually be enough. Right. Um so that's a lot of that is kind of a personal preference I found with a lot of people. Okay. Is is there like a right or wrong answer probably? Um but I think a more important thing is what you feel comfortable with. So I have some people where their emergency fund is a lot higher than what I would have for my emergency fund. Feels conservative. But yeah, but it's right for them because it you know, they, they still are doing their long-term investments and everything. And they feel more comfortable knowing that there's X amount in their checking account. They're
0: sleeping well at night.
1: Exactly. And that's like <laughs> the whole point of investing is to get like the most returns that you can without losing any f- sleep. Right, right. And so for you or for me or for a hundred other people, it might be like a hundred different situations depending on where we're at. Um, but even like, like I said, with the people who lost their jobs... This would apply to you if you're still working too, is to look at reorganizing your debt. The same things I talked about before, for those people, you know, moving credit card stuff around, you know, looking at your house, as the value increased? Can we unlock any of that? Um, that might be a place where you could dig out some of that extra cash that we were talking about. Mm, okay. Um, but I would say like anything that you are moving into the market, if it's gonna be like invested, quote unquote, as in not just sitting in cash, you should always think of it as money that you shouldn't be touching.
0: Right. Well, yeah, maybe don't check out the chart that shows you the hour by hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe toggle that to, you know, six months or five years. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's easy to forget that every time you look at that stuff, it's just a snapshot in time. It's just like taking a picture of your life. Sometimes if you take a selfie, your face looks weird. It's not not because it was a bad picture. It's because your face looks weird sometimes. (laughs) They cut one inch. Right. That's what it's like looking at your investments. Like when you get your statement, it's going to look horrible because it's only going to show January, February, and March. Right. Which is essentially a straight down line.
0: Don't get plastic surgery because you had took a weird selfie. That's exactly what we're going (laughs) with here. Okay. That makes sense to me. I can buy that. (laughs) 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 When you put it like that, Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's easy to forget we're living a movie and we're only looking at frames at a time. Right. Okay.
0: Interesting. All right, let's move over to like maybe some like more general questions here. Um, You know, I'm curious, but I guess I'd just like your kind of opinion on sort of
1: the length and severity of the recession. No, I think those are great questions. Um, I think one thing that's really important for us to remember here in Canada is that we are not America. We are Canada. We are a completely separate country. We have separate systems. We have separate rules. Everything's separate like that. But I know a lot of the stuff that I'm reading and kind of bombarded with online and from different sources, it's a lot of it has an American centric lens. Okay. Um, so our kind of responses compared to the American response has been very different. There's been some areas that are similar, some that are different. And I think in the long, the grand scheme of things, all that's going to play a huge, huge effect. Um, so I'm going to speak more to kind of Canada in general, um, rather than America specifically. You mean like t- you mean like
0: here in Canada we're not we're not going to inject Lysol into the body? Yeah. maybe open <laughs> you it up, can- get the sunlight kind of directly, and that's not the approach <laughs> we're taking.
1: No, to that's
0: make- like. Let me play of the situation. Of course, it's a terrible situation. For sure. Yeah, I understand. yeah. yeah I, I, I'm with you on. Does seem does seem I'm, I'm with you on the responses have been you know discernibly different. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally agree on on that point. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, and one thing I've really uh, enjoyed seeing, <laughs> enjoyed quote unquote, um, seeing through all of this is the wording that a lot of the Canadians are using compared to the, our American counterparts. We're trying to avoid setting specific timelines and dates for a lot of things. A lot of our wording is based on when the conditions warrant mm. or when the statistics show us that. And I think that's like a really, really, really important thing to focus on. Because people, I get it, they want specific dates But the reality is we need conditions to be met before timeframes are set. It's not like a 9 to 5, you know, you're done at 5 p.m., you shut down your computer, you go home from work type of a situation. This is more of a... We got a job to do, and when we're done that job, we can move on to the next step. Kirk,
0: I, don't, I, I hear what you're saying. It sounds like a useful distinction, but at the same time, I want to have a 4th of July barbecue. You, like, I <laughs> 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 My birthday is May 8th, man. Yeah. I'm missing
1: a party. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> okay, so you feel me. <laughs> I,
1: I get where people are coming from, 100%. Especially when most of our life, we can do that, right? If we set like a release date, for a movie or a video game or something like that. Yeah. They now have to get that done by that date. You no, know, they can cram, you know, you got to work 20 hour days now while we crunch to finish this. This isn't a kind of situation where we can really do that. Right, um, right.
0: Yeah, no, it's out of, it's like, lar- like, yeah, we're trying to steer this thing, but the controls are like, you know, quite indirect. Like we're trying to yeah. get a handle on something that's largely larger than, you know, larger than all it, of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're... We're steering like a freighter rather than a speedboat here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know,
0: we've already hit the iceberg, so... Yeah, no, the iceberg's been hit. Like <laughs> Captain Smith friggin' sleeping on the wheel again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the one thing that comes to mind when you talk about, like, we're not America would be that, of course, you know, like... It's not true that, like, our economies are entirely independent. There must be some sense in which America doing poorly is not great for the Canadian market.
1: It's definitely, it's going to create headwinds, which essentially it's going to slow down our recovery. Yeah. Because we do export, you know, we rely on other countries for a lot of things. We've been riding the American tailwind for some time. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, in that regard, it will slow our recovery compared to, you know, if we were 100% independent, like you said. Yeah. Uh, but I was more focused on a lot of the negativity that you're hearing yeah. is through an Americanized lens. Right, right.
0: Similar to like, yeah, even to your point to the financial crisis, even similar to the fact that like our banks were, of course, not as wildly leveraged. Yes. Yeah, much less severe here. So that that's like kind of broadly the parallel that you're. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess give me a little bit more specifics on when do you think, like, if I'm out of work, that I might be back to work or, um, you know, pre, pre-corona pre levels of economic activity.
1: Hmm. I think it's going to, a lot of it's going to depend on your industry. Right. I think that there's some that are going to, you know, get back up and running a lot quicker than others. Yeah. But I think that the idea of going back to a pre-corona economy is wrong. I think it'll definitely... Our future is going to look different than our past. Yeah, the composition would not be the
0: same, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, and I think you'll see, like, a lot of towns end up kind of industry-specific. So even, like, the city that you live in, like, your recovery times and what your situation looks like, um, could be different than somebody else in a different part of the country. Right.
0: Okay. This distinction is super useful, I'd say then. So like the notion of even thinking about it on like an aggregate level is probably not super useful from like a personal, personal, you know, uh, how is this going to play out in my own life? Effect, you really need to be thinking about kind of the, the local, like, be- because it's so uneven and so dependent on the industry or, mm-hmm. um, or, or to your point, like the, the city or, uh, country that you find yourself in, you really should be thinking about it from like a very like granular perspective, not like um you yeah, know more a more global sort of like uh notion of you know the economic times.
1: Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's more useful to look in your own backyard yeah. than yeah. around yeah. the yeah. world. Okay, 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 okay. it's it's the kind of thing where uh, when everything's going good and you're just flooded in cash it hides a lot of your imperfections. You can get away with running your business more poorly if you have more revenue coming in.
0: Right. The, the WeWorks, WeWorks are going to get exposed. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> You're
1: going to see real quick which ones were actually like ran properly. Right. Like the tide has gone out. Um,
0: now we see... Yeah, who's naked. not wearing pants? We're seeing yeah. some peepees yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so my parting question for every guest, of course, you are the first guest. Uh, so one and one and only um (laughs) what's the one thing you wish you had paid closer attention to
1: earlier in life Ooh, that's a good question um there's a couple that come to mind okay um the first one um it's like one of my favorite lessons that i ever 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 learned and i wish i learned it freaking 30 years ago Um, And that's, there's a difference between learning and memorizing. Mm. Yep. And I think that's something that a lot of people, I know myself included, like, I thought those were the same thing. I thought in order to learn something, you had to memorize like every fact about it. Yep. But that is not the case. <laughs> Understanding something is different than memorizing something.
0: You know, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that opened my eyes to that. It's Too late, brother. P- possible,
0: I was on. T- possibly.
1: <laughs> Why don't you just learn how to do it instead of memorizing it? <laughs> I-, I don't understand. How yeah. do I learn how to do it without memorizing yeah. it, still?
0: Yeah, that's a uh, classic school system failing right there. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hit me with the others. Uh, that's that's a great one. But hit me, hit me with the, uh, yeah. the others.
1: Yeah, the other one that like hits home for me is that we are our habits, and we think like we have a lot more control and like say in our life than we do, and we don't realize how much of it is just routine. You know, you just finished dinner and you got that sweet tooth. Is it just because you finished eating, or is it because you actually want a cookie? You know, like there's all these different triggers in my life that I wasn't aware of led me down bad behaviors. Hmm. And once I kind of recognized some of those, I was able to correct some of my bad habits by, uh, what's the term? Uh, My wife works for kids or works with kids, um, antecedent, where there's like Hmm. your cue before the situation happens. So for like a kid, it's like, you know, they might start to like move their leg before they have like a huge spaz out. Right. It's like starting to recognize those kinds of things in your own life. You know, like, when I get home from work, I have this craving for a chocolate bar. Right. I don't. I didn't want that chocolate bar five seconds ago, but now that I opened the door, it's, like, triggered me. Hmm. And ever since I became more aware of that's what was happening, it's made a lot of things a lot easier. I felt a lot more con- in control of my life because of that. Did you read uh, James Clearer's uh, Atomic Habits? Uh, no, I yeah, haven't
0: read that one, actually. That's, like, yeah, he's big on... Of course, like, yeah. yeah. The other the Q, trigger, reward cycle mm. is, is fairly... I don't know. Uh, it, maybe you read... Uh, you read... Uh, I read, uh... Do uh, What's that other one? Yeah. <laughs> the pa- I think Power of Habit, maybe? Um, yeah, it's, like, red and yellow cover. Yeah, I think it's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg is another good one. Um, yeah. No, totally agree on the habit front. I know there's always a... There's a stat around. It's, like, it's odd, the percentage of... of like things that appear to be choices but in fact are driven by habitual nature. It's like 40 or 50% or at least, um, I think, of like, you know, everything that happens to you every day.
1: Um, and I think we go through thinking we're consciously making all yeah. these decisions. Yeah, totally. When yeah. Yeah. No,
0: totally. Totally. That's a that's a great one um to uh to close off. So, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for um for taking the time, Kirk. Uh if um, you know, Hey, maybe if this like sparks anything for anyone, uh, where can people uh, get at you?
1: Uh, number one would be the website, tallkirk.ca. Um, there's extra info on there, some DIY um, finance type stuff. Cool. Well, yeah. Thanks again for
0: uh, for lighting it up. Uh, appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Cool.
0: Take this, man. You too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You listen to this whole thing, that's a win. Thanks again to Kirk Ramsey for taking the time. If you want to get at him, head over to tallkirk.ca. That's tallkirk.ca. As a thank you for sticking around, you get to hear about my newsletter. Called Stop and Think, short essays from me on Sunday mornings. Some people say they read every word. I don't know what to tell you. Go to thesteelerotic.com and subscribe today.